2: listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
1: 364 down and 1 to go as we wrap up 2017 with week 17 in the National Football season, the final week of the NFL's regular season and a whole bunch to play for for some teams. And not a lot to play for for many others. Welcome in. It is Fox Football Fantasy as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. It was a week ago. It was Christmas Eve. It was a fantasy weekend where there were many fantasy championship games on the line in week 16. and week 17, there's still some fantasy to play for. And if you're playing the daily fantasy games, we have got the information for you. Well, let me be specific about that and factually correct. One guy has the information for you. And just because it's week 17 and some teams are deciding to rest their starters and their star players getting ready for a playoff push, we aren't going to do that on Fox Sports Radio because our star is going to start from the get-go and over the next two hours give you the information that you need to know to bring home some green on this final day of 2017. He has done it for weeks 1 through 16, and he has no reason to let up in week 17. He is the one. He is the only. He is back from Florida. He is... Michael Harmon flew cross country stayed up through the night
3: and I'm ready for you week 17 of this National Football League season now let me tell you we always try to tie in things from our our big voice lead-in and we say wait do we really talk about handcuffs you know what tonight's New Year's Eve have a designated driver, have an Uber or Lyft, somebody that's getting you around, or you'll end up in handcuffs, okay? Okay, let's be careful out there. Let's not be stupid. Driving home from the airport yesterday, we were in the car, and we saw a number of people pulled over to the side of the road. I was driving here this morning, very early this morning, to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, and they had the sobriety checkpoints all along the the road here. And let me tell you, there were a couple of guys that weren't passing those test dance, and we're gonna keep them out of the ha- handcuffs. We're gonna make sure that they don't bust out. There you go. Here <laughs> to start out 2018. Some ten thousand dollars and job and everything else lost to the new year. But good to see you. Happy new year to everybody. Let's be safe out there and have a, a good one. We're gonna throw some darts. Perhaps literally at a board to figure out who's playing in these
1: games, Dan. Well, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but I'm going to be. This is the worst week of the NFL's regular season. And it is for a lot of reasons. And while you may say, well, what about the playoff berths that are on the line? The Falcons need to win to get in. The Titans have a chance to get in with a victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Baltimore can do the same with a victory today against the Cincinnati Bengals. There are so many games, Mike Harmon, that don't mean anything. And even for the playoff teams, the teams that have maybe wrapped up a division like the Los Angeles Rams who can't improve anything, there's not much going to change for them. It is just biding time until their card game next week. There is also the fact Mike Harmon And we have heard this, and you heard Isaac in the update say it. There's a lot of coaching talk and coaching rumors going on. So you have got a game today, for example, the Colts taking on the Texans. It is safe to say you could take absolutely zero from this game and apply it to anything because you don't know if both head coaches will be back next season. The Texans' front office seems to be in flux if it's going to be Bill O'Brien or if it's going to be Rick Smith. And I know there's reports that Bill O'Brien is expected to stick around. However, there's also other reports that are saying that if Bill O'Brien is let go, could be interested by the – or the New York Giants could be interested in his services. So there's just a lot of talk. But the fact is for these three hours, Mike, when you have got the Colts taking on the Texans today – Nothing is going to matter in that game that will do anything long term because we expect to see at least a change on one sideline and possibly another.
3: Well, as you said, a lot of just winging it around. You don't know where in the depth chart how many targets are being seen by third or fourth wide receivers. You've got guys looking for milestone, and that's some of what we'll pick apart today uh, as we talk about these games. You know, you you take that game for instance. You've got T.Y. Hilton creeping up on a 1,000-yard season, right? He needs, I think, all of uh, 48 yards to get to a 1,000 for the year. So we can reasonably believe he's going to run enough routes and see enough targets to where they try to get him to that milestone. We look in the the Chargers and the Raiders game. Well, the Raiders are done, but for a guy like Marshawn Lynch, not the greatest of matchups, but he needs 10 yards for $600,000. <laughs> If he scores two touchdowns, he earns another quarter million. So, like, there are just those kind of incentive incentives sitting out there. Legarrette Blunt, the Eagles, as much as Peterson says, "Hey, we're gonna play. We need we need to show something after last week's dud." No, you don't. I don't buy that for a minute. But Legarrette <laughs> Blunt needs twenty one yards to make three hundred thousand dollars. He's going to be pushing to get his 21 yards. Jay Ajayi may just say, you know what, big fella, go get your money. I'm going to sit out and wait for the playoffs. So there's a lot of the games within the games that we have to watch uh, as you get ready for Week 17, which is what makes it such a dicey proposition why so many leagues have abandoned it altogether. Now, I celebrate all 256, as you know, Dan, so I want to see him used somehow, whether it's a one-week contest, whether it's a two-week championship, however we can wrangle some kind of action out of this, because once it goes away, it goes away. I mean, we're not going to see these bears again until September. No, I, I, know, I and, know. And they've they've given some great thrilling motion <laughs> moments for us, and, and and some emotions have rolled through. And I like the hibernation joke. That's good. I would. I did not <laughs> want to step on that because that was a good. You're on your game early.
1: Sean McVeigh of the Rams said when asked about bonuses and incentives and in player contracts especially those that are pretty important to the team, so they're going to try to handle it in a first-class way. First-class way, I think that's a... Great company line and a great way to play it for the first-year head coach. Is
3: that is that how we believe that somewhere, somehow, guys are going to get their money, even if it doesn't show up on the actual books?
1: Yeah, I'm, Is that how I'm going to believe I'm, that one, Dan? Not, I'd be looking into that if I'm in the league. I, I think it's a perfect <laughs> way to say it. Maybe they'll try to get the guys in and get them out. I'm not sure. Maybe they'll figure out some sort of average proration however you want to do it. But it is a dilemma that are facing teams today in week 17. There are playoff spots up for grabs. And as you said, there's daily fantasy to play for, two-week championships that are going on and wrapping up. So let's do our final hot plays and cold sores. Week 17 of the national football season, our final one for the 2017 campaign. Let's start with the hot plays Guys, you got to get in your lineup this week.
3: Let's take our workload horse from the Baltimore Ravens. Let's take our Alex Collins. You look at the double-digit touches, nearly 20 a game over this last month, and rolling up catches out of the backfield as well. You look at Cincinnati's second-most fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs over the past month, giving up nearly 28 fantasy points per game. Also a good spot for his quarterback, Joe Flacco. Multiple touchdown passes, four straight games. Sure, we could pick through the schedule and say, ah, oh, they didn't beat anybody. You know what? Doesn't matter. Win enough games against teams that suck and that you're expected to be. Lo and behold, here you are fighting for a playoff berth. Cincinnati, 12th most fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks the last four weeks. How about Antonio Gates, the resurrection a week ago? It's like the Undertaker. You heard the bell. Bong, and there he was. <laughs> All of a sudden, there he is. Six catches, 81 yards on a score last week. How about we go for it again? You look at an Oakland defense over the past month giving up 7.5 receptions and 93 receiving yards per game to opposing tight ends. And what better way for Antonio Gates to maybe ride off into the sunset but flipping the double bird to all those Raider fans (laughs) live and in living color at StubHub Center. All right, Eli Manning against Washington. Kirk Cousins on the other side. How about a good old-fashioned shootout? What could be Eli's final game? blowing things out. You look at Kirk Cousins, final game before either he makes $34 million for one year or signs a huge extension. The Giants, 10 touchdowns allowed against two picks over the last four weeks. You look at Washington, yes, their seventh best against fantasy quarterbacks the past month. Yes, Eli's got a bunch of walking wounded guys, an offensive line that well, it works like a turnstile. But the fact of the matter is, you're playing for professional pride. Eli goes out, guns blazing. And we'll take the obvious for once. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd like to see him sitting down and watching the festivities with a visor on. Because if this guy's your future, sure. what's the point? But... He had his first multi-touchdown game of the year against Jacksonville, two passing, one rushing. Looking at a Rams team, giving up about 16 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks over the last four, but a lot of guys potentially doing the Queens wave and walking to the sidelines early in the finale. So let's take Garoppolo, team him up with Goodwin, and let's have ourselves a happy, happy New Year. Jamal Williams going up against Detroit. Aaron Jones out again. Everybody else is hurt. For the Packers, yes, he's running behind a bad offensive line, but double-digit touches seven straight, and one of the few guys I think we could point to on the running back board and say, you know what, this guy, this guy's going to have a full workload, Dan, because otherwise we're pulling out our Dungeons & Dragons die and trying to figure
1: out who's who. Eddie Lee Ivory could get some carries nice. today for the Green Bay Packers. Look at that. Yeah, there you go. How about the cold source for I Week like 17? That. Guys to stay away from. Bad. Uh, I guess we could even go with the obvious because you're not going to want to play a Jared Goff or a Todd Gurley this week.
3: Yeah, we have to mention that we talked about the Eagles a little bit. I'm not trusting the we're going to play a guy, whether it's a quarter or a half. I don't know that you're going to get the production. So a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, shut him down. guy like Jay Ajayi, shut him down. I think Clement is a much better play if we're going to take even though his workload's been sparse the last couple of weeks, that I think we're going to see a bigger workload uh, out of a guy like that. Andy Dalton, two touchdowns over the last three weeks after that great four-week stretch that he had of multi-touchdown games. You look at Baltimore giving up just 14 fantasy points per game. No, thank you. Take A.J. Green with him. His 81 receiving yards last week, his best effort since the 12th of November. Mm. So very sporadic. Scoring from him, scoreless also four of his last five games. No thank you. Uh, we look at the Cowboys. Jerry Jones telling us, oh, uh, we want to see all the young kids. What does that mean? What does that mean? They're, we're talking about all the coordinators leaving. Jason Garrett's going to have a shell with which to fill other uh, other positions, I guess, when it's all said and done. So after all the bickering, it goes one of two ways. Dak Prescott, Des Bryant come out, and they perform really well, and then they wave to the big crowd, or... They barely play, and they wave to the big crowd. I go the <laughs> ladder in Week 17, uh, and we'll see that ride again next year. So Dak Prescott on the outs, a QB two for me this week. Case Keenum against Chicago, their big double-digit spread uh, this week at home. Chicago's allowed multiple touchdown passes, only four of 15 weeks this year. Fourth best fantasy points per game over the last month, Case Keenum. Tough play for you this week. We go back to Oakland. Derek Carr seems to be our a guy that just sits at the end of this list each and every week, but only three multi-touchdown games in his last 12 weeks. Very difficult
1: proposition. He's Mike Carbon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Football Fantasy, and something that was new to 2017 that we are very welcome to, the mystery man. This is the first clue, and we want you to guess who the mystery man for week 17 is. Mike will give you a clue and then we'll give you another clue and then we'll give you another clue and then we'll reveal it in about 60 minutes or so. But we want you to try to guess who the mystery man is is, a guy that you should play in week 17.
3: Speed kills at his pro day hand timed by a scout running a 4.1 second 40 yard dash.
1: (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that you could play a car in week uh, 17, so an automobile, yes. Uh-huh. That well, would they be. are the sponsors
3: <laughs> of the league, Dan. <laughs> Trying to tie it all up together nice and a bow for you.
1: He's my carman. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Football Fantasy, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox, and you can get Mike at Swollen Dome. Rick Engelhard has already tweeted in. Dion Lewis or Kenyon Drake? So oh. You got Drake and the Dolphins going up against the Buffalo Bills today, or Deion Lewis and the Patriots facing those Jets.
3: Two top ten plays. I'm going to go with Deion Lewis, still believing that Bill Belichick will play his players, unlike the Steelers, who Le'Veon Bell, not going to go. We'll get into his replacement as we go on. Ben Roethlisberger. Also going to sit down. Landry Jones, everybody. Uh, but Deion Lewis still gets the call. I'd love to see you figure out a way to get Kenyon Drake in there because I think he's going to have a big day as well. But I'll take Deion Lewis for the win.
1: Steelers backfield today. Bam Morris and Barry Foster like this. But oh, like look at you! You Maybe are uh, I'll just <laughs> leaving no stone unturned <laughs> already! We'll just give old position players to teams <laughs> all, all morning. Eddie <laughs> Ivory, Bam you can,
3: Morris. <laughs> you can always listen to us on
1: the iHeartRadio app and Sirius XM channel 83. Make no bones about it. We may have laughs, but it's a very, very important weekend for some wannabe playoff teams. And the playoff hopes for one team fall on the shoulders of one man. We tell you who that is next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Football Fantasy, Fox Sports Radio on this New Year's Eve. Week 17 of the NFL is here. 16 games sandwiched in a good six-and-a-half-hour span. Michael Harmon. It should be fun. I'm Dan Beyer. That is Michael Harmon. Get us on Twitter. Get Mike at Swollen Dome, and I am at Dan Beyer on Fox. But we've got seven early games, and then you've got nine games kicking off at 425 Eastern time, and it's most of those games that have the true playoff implications. There's some seating. There's some home field that you you have in the 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoffs, but the matchups of who's going to be in and out to the playoffs – those come up at 425 Eastern time today.
3: i got to be honest, Dan. I'm still a bit salty that they took away a Sunday night game. Even if it was a game that ended up having, quote, no playoff meaning. How about you just give me the one from StubHub Center? I referenced it before. It's going to be all sorts of Raider fans hanging out <laughs> as they play the Chargers. If nothing else, you're going to have an active stadium. It's a national audience's opportunity to see the unique vantage points of what the, the Chargers have been seeing for this year and there may be a fight or two caught on camera there's no question about that but there are two teams that regardless of record you know the old throw the record out they're still going to go after each mm-hmm. other tell me philip rivers is still not going to be gunning for everything he can and being salty and screaming at people and the raiders on the other side that there's still not some fire in the belly whether jack del rio's already cleaned out his office or not
1: well, the the that is a good theory, and if Jack Del Rio would leave in a U-Haul, or well, it'd be a road game. But we talking with Ephraim Salam this week as we were in on the Doug Gottlieb show. He says there's a lot of U-Haul guys, guys who already have their U-Haul trucks packed because their sure. their their season is over. Maybe that's the case for a for a few in Oakland. The issue that I have, and it's more for me of. I know this is this is crazy, and the 13 year old Dan Byer is saying this is blasphemy. But I I'm good without Sunday night football. How dare you? I know, I know, I know. How it's dare crazy. you? I I like the Thursday Jeez. night game. It wets our appetite for the weekend, gets us in that football mode. It's almost like. It's Friday comes early when you see the game on Thursday night, you've got some fantasy football to play, or maybe you're at a picks thing and you could start off the week by Sunday afternoon. And, and maybe because we're all Sunday ticketed out, I I'm not sure, but by Sunday night, like I'm, I'm good with, I'm, I'm good without it. So I'm actually good without it tonight with it being new year's Eve. And I was one of the idiots that felt that the college football playoff games a few years back when they were put on New Year's Eve because it happened in two straight years, but I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. People are go to New Year's Eve parties and watch the game. No, that didn't happen. I think the same thing tonight would have happened if there was a game with just, even if it was like a division title online, I think it only matters to that specific division and it's really difficult. I actually think this could be something that we see that maybe the NFL says, okay, depending on the calendar, on years where there's a New Year's Eve night, like on a Sunday night, they just won't have it, period. But
3: I'm just a little saddened because, you know, given the schedule that we have here coming in for Disco Fantasy, hanging out with with Robert and Sam, you know, we, we might crash a little bit during the early part of the games. <laughs> and then Sunday night football is a way to catch up and watch something while... Maybe mostly awake. Fair enough. Perhaps I'm in the minority here as well in terms of, you know, bleeding that out. I also want my 12 hours of football that isn't maybe a bowl game. I don't necessarily (laughs) care as much about. But that's neither here nor there. Obviously, special circumstances because it is New Year's Eve. Uh, Again, amateur hour. Avoid the handcuffs uh, as you can and and be smart about it. Uh, Celebrate responsibly. Have one for, for all of us. And we thank you for all the time that you've spent uh, with your folks, uh, with your families on a Sunday morning, maybe coming to or from services, breakfast, lawn work, whatever you're doing, uh, we appreciate you spending a few minutes with Dan and I each and every Sunday.
1: Speaking of bowl games, the Hangover Bowl is in Atlanta today, and it's the reason it's called the Hangover Bowl is because we will find out if the Atlanta Falcons actually still do have a hangover from Super Bowl 51. Ah, it it's, on Matt, it's on Matt Ryan's shoulders today as the Falcons, with a win, over the Carolina Panthers, would get into the playoffs. And I, I've been saying it all week, but there is this week is so important for Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan's legacy. If the Falcons can get a win and if he can play well in this game, it may not make people forget about 28-3, to three, but it may give them pause. And it also may validate the NFL MVP award that he won last season. If he falls on his face and the Falcons don't end up getting a win today against Carolina and the Seahawks beat the Cardinals, then Seattle gets in and the Falcons are left home for the postseason. I think you start to ask the questions again about Matt Ryan as the quarterback in Atlanta. And is it fair or as unfair as that may be, I believe that is the situation. It is on Matt Ryan's shoulders today for the Atlanta Falcons.
3: No, It's been an interesting season to watch that offense progress. and you and I in in the fantasy side of these things, talked about Julio Jones and his ability to post one of those monster games and then for fantasy purposes disappear on you. Maybe a few catches, but none of that, you know world beating type of performance where we're looking at Freeman and Sanu on a week to week basis being more consistent. You never saw the evolution of the tertiary receiver this year. Mix and match a lot of guys. Gabriel we expected a lot more from, didn't happen. Hooper expected mm-hmm. a lot more from, didn't happen. Coleman was good in spots. But you look at the overall performance for Matt Ryan, uh, from a fantasy perspective, based on where he would have been drafted, he would be you know, one of the chief faces you'd see on your bust list for the year. And certainly down the stretch, you're looking at five straight games with one or zero touchdowns, 22 uh, or 19 total for the year. Uh, and 250 yards per game, so not exactly lighting up the scoreboard. So you, you know the, knew there would be a little bit of a drop-off with the change of coordinator as Shanahan left for the, the 49ers. Didn't realize it would be a, as stark, that that hangover would necessarily filter down. And we can go, always go back to the Super Bowl itself, and how much do you put on and- Ryan versus what was called yeah. and the, the, you know, the excellence of execution. I, I got to think Matt Ryan with his pedigree with as long as he'd been there, he could have flipped Shanahan off and run whatever he <laughs> wanted to and, and, you know, get the win. And then you guys can fight about it in the, you know, in between champagne showers and ticker tape parades. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't do it, ran the plays that were called, and here's here, here we are a year later still wondering what it all meant and I think, what it means going on. Yeah, forward. and
1: I think there's a lot more behind the scenes going on with that Falcons team last year, just like there is this year that we just don't necessarily know about. The defense has players. Deion Jones, I mean, name a a more exciting young linebacker in the National Football League outside of Deion Jones and the plays he's made for the Falcons this year. We know about Vic Beasley. They've got great hitters in the secondary, but for some reason it just doesn't come together as a unit that you would consider as a, a strong a dominating or, or even just strong defense. There are, there are holes there, and you wonder if Cam Newton could take advantage of it. But in the end, it always comes down to the quarterback. And as you said, Matt Ryan's got a 19-12 to 12 touchdown to INT ratio this year. His rating is 15th amongst NFL quarterbacks. That that's, you know, right smack dab in the middle of the pack, if you will. And you've got a game today that you need to win at home. And if it doesn't get done, then we start having the conversations that we had about Matt Ryan um, that we did prior to the 2016 season.
3: As we mentioned in the hot plays, Carolina has given up multiple touchdown passes to five of their last seven opponents. Interestingly, as we come to this final week in the season, Atlanta and Carolina tied in points allowed per game, 20.3 points allowed per game. Fox Football Fantasy brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance.
1: One quick point about the NFC if the Falcons don't win today. That then puts it on the Seahawks. The Falcons could still get in if the Seahawks lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Bruce Arians talking about his coaching future, maybe not talking about it, but there have been reports for the last two months that Bruce Arians is not coming back. I don't think any of us would be shocked if he, at some point in this next week, we find out that he won't return. But it's the other sideline with the Seahawks that I think is interesting, Mike. I'm interested to see on what would happen if the Seahawks are eliminated and what happens with the home crowd with the Legion of Boom era maybe over. And there is a there is a decent chance that that could be as there could be some decisions with certain players and injuries and how things have fallen. I'm curious to see what the scene could be at the end in Seattle today. Is it a farewell? Thank you for a great five- to six-year run that was put together or is this just going to be maybe a little different sour turn if things don't end up going their way? Just something to watch for in the later games.
3: I think we've seen a little bit of that sour. Mm-hmm. The, the Boo Birds have been out and Pete Carroll's future, certainly one that's been tossed up just a little bit in the midst of the Arians and other talk along yeah, the
1: way. Yeah, just age-wise is, is a conversation. How long as at least young, would he As go? young as he looks, yeah.
3: the fact is he, he's a man in his, his mid-60s. Does he decide that He's done or does, you know, perhaps the the run of another college dominant era.
1: I think he's got a couple years left in Seattle, but then after that, I, I mean, I don't think he'll be the coach there in five years. Uh, next two years, yeah, but, yeah, I just, there's going to be some changes there for sure. He's Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. The Chargers have their eye on the playoffs, but their opponent today, the Raiders, have their eye on a bigger fish. We'll tell you that. Coming up next, but first, Isaac Laurenkron fills us in on the latest as the bowl games take a break for today, but there were some dandy ones yesterday, Isaac. There were,
0: Dan and Michael. Good morning to both of you. In the Orange Bowl last night, number six, Wisconsin squared off with 10th-ranked Miami, and Dan was the man. Snap to Hornybrook,
3: looking, throws right side. Danny Davis! Touchdown! Danny Davis! His third of the night! And it's a nine-point lead again for Wisconsin.
0: Matt LePay the call on W. as the Badgers defeated the Hurricanes 34-24. Earlier, Number 9 Penn State defeated 11th-ranked Washington in the Fiesta Bowl 35-28. NBA last night, Steph Curry made his return after missing 11 games with a sprained right ankle by scoring 38 points and hitting 10 three-pointers in just 26 minutes of playing time in the Warriors' win over Memphis. NFL Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen reported late Saturday night that the Raiders are preparing to pursue John Gruden for their head coaching job. Job. Last night in Los Angeles, Scott Baer of NBC Sports Bay Area asked Raiders owner Mark Davis about the report. Bear tweeted that Davis played coy, said focus is on winning next game, asked about Del Rio's job status. Davis wouldn't touch it. Asked again about Gruden report, Davis said, quote, these rumors come about every year, unquote. And Dan and Michael, remember, if Gruden does go to the Raiders, the question becomes... Who replaces him on Monday Night Football? And according to Twitter, the consensus number one choice appears to be Peyton and Eli Manning. Oh, three man booth there with McDonough. Well, the number two choice appears to be quote anybody but Jay Cutler
3: unquote. Oh, how oh, dare you?
1: They'd be Manning the booth then, you would say.
3: Ha 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 ha. And, J- and uh, Jay yes. Cutler could be really smart and witty and, and pithy as just like everybody else. <laughs> Much maligned, Jake Cutler. How dare you, Isaac?
1: Listen. Twitter said it, not me. on, on, On Friday, there was a report from Pro Football Talk that Gruden taking over for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was something that was really gaining momentum and something that people believed was likely to happen. Within, I don't know, an hour of us talking about it here on Fox Sports Radio, we got word that Dirk Cutter was coming back for 2018. So then you're wondering, well, why was John Gruden then trying to assemble members of a coaching staff? Now we know why John Gruden may be trying to assemble members of the coaching staff. That's an interesting point, and thanks, Isaac, for the fact of the matter of the ownership stake that Isaac mentioned that John Gruden could get if he would take over the Raiders group. That's something that would have to be cleared with the NFL and the owners and how that would play out, but they could give him... They could give him enough money, and there's also the tax question because now he lives in Florida, California tax situation, where the Raiders They could give him more money before they go to Las Vegas or or, or would give him more money when they would end up going to Las Vegas because of the money that he may lose on taxes if he were to take over the Raiders over these next two seasons that they stay in California.
3: Ask him to just reincorporate in Las Vegas right now so he doesn't have to worry about (laughs) it at all. Maybe that's the way to go. It's interesting just every year we go through this with – with Gruden, with one or more teams. And and with Tampa, they've certainly gone through enough coaches. And I I think part of what came down there was looking at the receipts of what they had to pay out to other coaches they've fired from Lovey Smith and just start doing the back math. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of money, a lot of dead money that's been paid out by the Glazers over the last couple of years. It's also funny that our, our colleague Jay Glazer, Fox NFL Sunday, had to keep correcting people. Uh, on Twitter that he's not actually a member of the Glazer family <laughs> that owns the Buccaneers. <laughs> to where, oh. you know, Jay, after a while, he's not going to be so nice about it. That's... So, so some of the tweets are absolutely legendary <laughs> going <laughs> back at people. But, you know, you have this this, just every year it's, it's Will John Gruden come out. People forget how mediocre he was for a long stretch of his career after that. Good run in Oakland, Super Bowl win. And then.
1: Yeah, it was fired actually. Yeah, like go after a nine and seven season where a couple of nine and seven seasons were
3: good enough. But I mean, it's not world beating and not certainly to the level of the the reputation that he has. All these years in the booth make you look like you were a 14 Mm -hmm. and two coach, right? People remember you a lot more fondly, perhaps, than they should and recognizing how much the game's changed. Now, it'd be interesting to see him with a quarterback, either Derek Carr, the surgically rebuilt. Andrew Luck, or maybe he mm-hmm. can fix Jameis yeah. Winston. Whatever the case may be, uh, you know you got that big year out of, out of Rich Gannon and otherwise Brad Johnson and a bunch of also rans You never had that guy yeah. in his prime.
1: Well, here's the thing: that in the Buccaneers, and you mentioned the Jameis Winston thing. Jameis Winston has actually played well this year. Is that Jameis Winston though keeps on resorting to the factors that we say, Ah, Jameis Winston again, where where of of maturity level, and you thought maybe. Maybe there would be a a figure big enough in the room that would be able to try to get Jameis Winston to mature because there's no doubt he's still the biggest name that there is on the Buccaneers. And that's why, in my mind, the Gruden rumors actually made sense where it could help him. But, I, I mean, I think that Winston is has played well, but it's just the stupid stuff he does. Like last week, for example, trying to run back on the field, going after a ref after a fumble was called. And you're wondering... What the heck's going on? The great thing about Gruden that I think, whether it be in Tampa or whether it be in Oakland, for as much as we are going to see turnover and for as much as we believe we are going to see teams in the National Football League try to find the next hot coordinator, we don't know these coordinators. So to get a personality back in the National Football League or another face that is familiar can't be bad. Remember, we don't have a Rex Ryan anymore. For as good, for as bad as things may have ended in Buffalo, and for as bad as things may have ended with the New York Jets, it was great to hear Rex Ryan every single week yep. to to talk and to, to say something different. When you have those head coaching personalities. There aren't a bunch of them. If Bruce Arians leaves, there's another one that goes that that we don't see. To get John Gruden back in the game, I think would be good for the NFL that is dying for some personality and dying for some energy, both from the players and from the coaches. I think that would be good for the NFL.
3: No, I certainly agree. I mean, a guy that's good with the soundbite. I mean, of all the coordinators, who do you know? Matt Patricia? You've heard (laughs) his name mentioned a few times. You know, Pete Carmichael being mentioned with Chicago, expected to – uh, relinquish uh, the services of John Fox here after today's finale against the, the Vikings. So you don't know Pete Carmichael, you know, the name, mm-hmm. you know what these done with the saints, but beyond that, there's, yeah. there's not a whole lot there. And, and what, what have we talked about all this year related to ratings, which again, I, I think is one of the most overblown arguments that folks have made because relative to other types of programming It's not nearly the dent you just thought you'd never see red numbers next to football events but we we look at the stars and the lack of stars and the number of guys that got hurt those people that would transcend via sound bite or quick video hits weren't there so Mm -hmm. you're trying to introduce new stars and, and it's great that you have an alvin kamara step up you don't have any sweat equity in him yeah the average fan has no idea where he's come from who he is and where he's going. What about Drew Brees? What do you do today? You know, that kind of thing when you see a Saints helmet. So I think having a guy like Gruden back beyond just a Monday night talking sound point where he doesn't criticize anybody. Sure. Although second half of the year he got a little salty. At some of the quarterback play, so we finally got, finally tipped the scale to where he was angry, John Gruden, and and hopefully we get that back in press conferences
1: soon enough. And while the Raiders and we have their coaching issue to deal with, they face the Chargers today in L.A. Chargers need to win. They need losses by the Titans and Bills, or a Titans loss and a Ravens win to get into the postseason. That's how the Bolts go. Or go to the playoffs. Melvin Gordon is expected to go today. Despite an ankle injury, they'll kick it off at 425 Eastern time. It's really because of this game that they have to put all the other games at the the late late starts. Otherwise, if this was a game that was on the East Coast, I think you would have you wouldn't have John Harbaugh mad that the Ravens game was moved to a 425 Eastern. It would have stayed at 1 o'clock Eastern time as they take on the Bengals. Same with the Titans and Jaguars and Bills and Dolphins. Mystery man. First clue that we had of the day was that his pro day was hand-timed running a 4.1. 4.1 Four point one in the forty yard dash. What is clue number two?
3: Thousand yard receiver, thousand yard return man as a senior in college.
1: All right. That's your mystery man, a guy you got to play in week seventeen. We'll let you try to figure it out on your own, and you can give us your answer at Swollen Dome. That's where you can get Mike, and you can get me at Dan Bayer on Foxes. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven auto. The only hard part. Figuring out which way is easier. Pittsburgh Steelers are helping one of their longtime bitter rivals. Yeah, we'll tell you how they're doing that next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Football Fantasy on Fox Sports Radio. He's Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. Browns and Steelers today, one o'clock Eastern Time. Talk about opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. The Steelers still have a chance at home field. They would need the Patriots to lose to the Jets, and of course, Pittsburgh would have to beat the Browns today. Course the Browns knocking on the door of an 0-16 season. The Steelers, though, reportedly, and we only say this, there were, there were comments made that the Steelers are going to be sitting Ben Roethlisberger, sitting Le'Veon Bell. We know that Antonio Brown is out with a, a calf muscle injury, and Landry Jones is expected to start today. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, who still have something to play for, Mike Harmon, but it may be it may be a long shot, but they would need the Patriots to lose to the Jets, but these Steelers are saying, we're going to just play our backups. And are there backups enough to beat the winless Cleveland Browns?
3: Yeah, I think when you look at Stephen Ridley being taken out of mothballs, a guy who over the past two years has totaled 12, uh, 12 carries, <laughs> nine of them last Ridley week. Ridley me this. Yes, nine of them for 28 yards a week ago. You're going to see a lot of Steven Ridley. Uh, I think that leaves you a little bit curious as to how this one flows along the way. Fitzgerald Toussaint also seeing some action, most likely as a pass receiver for Landry Jones. I think this is one where you're looking down the depth chart. If you want to take a flyer in a daily fantasy league, this is where Eli Rogers becomes fairly interesting against the Cleveland secondary for Jones, having worked with him a lot this season. But for the Steelers, they're looking at the scoreboard ahead of time and saying, wait, what's the odds in Vegas? They're two-and-a-half what two and a half touchdown favorites? Yeah, uh, it's Petty and who? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we, we can sit them down. Operation shutdown because you're not going to risk Ben Roethlisberger. You're not going to risk you know, Le'Veon Bell because you've got bigger aspirations with all – Talk in the first round by already secured. You're you're already anticipating that Antonio Brown will be able to get back for that playoff match. But let's face it, Roethlisberger spends two extra beats in the pocket. All of a sudden, he's clutching his ankle, clutching his knee. Normally, he'll you know drag it out a little yeah. bit to make sure you're aware of it. Oh yeah, and then he plays. But let's not tempt fate now, shall we?
1: The, the he- the drama that you could get with the New York, uh, with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, excuse me, going up against the Cleveland Browns. It's funny that you could even see if Ben would play in this game. It could be always more about Ben because isn't it always about Ben? the the other The, the real question is: Is this it for Hugh Jackson? And he tried to get people talking about Ben, talking about himself. Hugh Jackson trying to, I guess, promote himself or essentially saying, I. Will take Jimmy Haslam at his word that I will be back for next season. So putting the onus on the owner who has said that Hugh Jackson is going to be back next year, but Owen sixteen is really tough to recover from. And when you have new new faces and, and John Dorsey taking over, I know ownership said what they said, but Owen, it's tough to sell Owen sixteen to anybody.
3: No, that's just it. You're trying to sell a new brand of football. You got all these. Quarterbacks potentially coming out now. Sam Darnold didn't do himself any favors with a miserable effort uh, in the bowl game against your Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, he was under his, pressure. His offensive line yeah. stunk. The game plan, I, how he's well, not working out of a shotgun most well, of the time to at least give himself a two-step head start.
1: They they they, they did that, and he was still under siege. <laughs> it quite was a bit. awful yeah.
3: in every way, shape, or form. And then I fell asleep after the halftime, realizing. I didn't need to see anymore, and you know what? There was no more scoring. But when you've got quarterbacks saying, I don't want to come out because I may end up in Cleveland, you've got to figure out a way to change the face of your organization. If Hugh Jackson becomes a guy that has to be sacrificed for that, that's the way the Browns are going to have to look at it. Dorsey's been good at drafting. He's been good at talent evaluation. Here's a chance where they've got a lot of picks early. That's one thing Sashi Brown did, leaving the cupboard fairly full, and they've been competitive. They fight. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to turn the corner.
1: How about this from a turn of events from the start of the season? Todd Bowles and Mike McKegnan getting extensions from the Jets. The Bowles part of it, because we thought that the Jets were going to be the worst team in the NFL, or at least I was one of those who did. And now you saw the defense. They've got pieces. They, They really do. But, you know, offensively, they were still limited. Josh McCown played out of his mind. This year they had a running game kind of going, but to see Todd Bowles get an extension is not something we thought would happen before week one, but it happened this week.
3: No, it'll be interesting to see. you got to figure out that one running back instead of having three that are pieces, and Matt Forte was done. Uh, But Anderson, Kirst, nice pieces on the outside. Austin, Tafarian, Jenkins, there's things to build on.
1: Can the Bills turn their history? We'll talk about it next. Glad to have you with us on this New Year's Eve, getting you set for Week 17 in the National Football League. And there are head coaching openings that could be coming left, right, behind you, in front of you from all angles. Reports that Jim Caldwell out in Detroit, John Fox likely moving on from Chicago. You heard Isaac Lohenkraut talk about the Raiders and their infatuation with John Gruden. Chuck Pagano likely done in Indianapolis. Bruce Arians expected to step as I mean, it goes on and on and on. Bill O'Brien may or may not.
3: I just refreshed my Twitter feed, Dan. Denver Post, Vance Joseph wasn't ready to be NFL head coach. Can Broncos wait for him to grow into job? I mean, we got guys left and right, but who's filling these jobs? The old – if you're going to fire someone –
1: Where's this list of candidates? Yeah, and Vance Joseph, if you even just rewind to a year ago, even though the Dolphins' defense wasn't anything to write home about, still was a sought-after candidate. And Denver was able to jump in, and they were able to to ink him to a deal first, and then in his first year, he's gone through a couple of offensive coordinators, three quarterbacks. By the way, that situation, we might as well touch on it right now, Broncos and Chiefs today. Bronco's going with Paxton Lynch as their starter. Pat Mahomes is going to start for Kansas City. But there is a realistic, a a really real shot, Mike Harmon, that none of the three quarterbacks on the Denver roster will be their starter in 2018. Lynch, just for a contract-wise, could be the backup. But there's going to be changes under center. And we don't know about Pat Mahomes in 2018. We expect him to be the chief starter, but stranger things have happened. Fact to the matter is there's going to be changes at quarterbacks for a couple of teams in the AFC West, and they show down in Denver today.
3: Really interesting matchup, you know. Denver at nearly a five-point favorite right now. You've got some milestones again. We're, we're looking at some of those things that players are trying to achieve. Maybe the coaches in these finales, particularly for teams where it's decided and they've got nothing to play for. I don't. Know, In the quote unquote, nothing to play Mm -hmm. for. We always have to do that because everybody's got their own aspiration. You got CJ Anderson, Demarius Thomas both trying to get to 1,000 yards. You've got uh, CJ Anderson needing 54 yards to get to 1,000 rushing. And and you look at Demarius Thomas as as well trying to get to his sixth straight 1,000 yard season. So you have to believe that they'll do what they can to get them the touches and targets necessary. To get to those milestones but it, it's interesting on the other side uh, of that game with mahomes getting the start no tyree kill mm-hmm. already ruled out kelsey queen's wave at most but you look at kareem hunt most likely he's sitting down as well so you're, you're not going to have any of those number one options running for mahomes so we start going down the depth chart and you can't even get to You know, Sharkandrick West, he's been ruled out for the game. It's like, ah, here's his opportunity. No, not so fast. So it's going to be Akeem Hunt who will get the opportunity here against the Denver run defense that's given up some yardage and chunks. So from a daily fantasy league perspective, if we're looking for a touch count, let's roll the dice and see if we can come up with a winner here on on New Year's Eve,
1: and expect Barry Word to get some carries in short yardage. Situations. Nicely done,
3: nicely done. I was I waiting you. for a little bit of a Priest I, Holmes I, I, reference. I,
1: told, I think I think the Barry Word was I apropos. Like that. I like so that. we've had so we got Ivory. a couple of
3: berries. Yeah, yeah,
1: Barry. Uh, we've got Bam Morris and Barry Foster, and now Barry Word. I like that. And like those that. are we're going to try to go ten. Ten is going to be my goal to just name old running backs in place of the bench starters today. Does that sound good?
3: Okay. Um, Aaron Jones isn't going to play for Green Bay. You gotta, well, you gotta, well, I had
1: the Eddie Lee you, Ivory. Yeah, you want to go yeah. for a second one there? <laughs> oh, Brent Fulwood could also see there, some there you, snaps, there you but go, after right. after halftime, I don't think that's going to happen. He's Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Football Fantasy, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We'll unveil the mystery man in 15 minutes as we as we have one more clue to give you. We also have the cold source for week 17 coming up, but we start as we always do with the hot plays of the week. If you're playing daily fantasy, maybe in a long championship game, a two-week championship, you can have uh, Mike's advice help you along, or even if your fantasy season does go to week 17, these are the guys you got to play. For the matchups today
3: let's get it on Alex Collins going up against Cincinnati uh Bagels giving up the second most fantasy points over the last four weeks nearly 28 per game to opposing running backs looking at a big opportunity here the touch count for Collins over the last 10 weeks you're looking at nearly 18 per game on average we'll go a dual-sided Eli Manning Kirk Cousins action and what could be a shootout Eli Manning maybe his final game with the Giants sure number of injured starters at the wide-out position and and a banged-up offensive line, but he'll go out winging the ball as often as he can. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, going against the Giants, bad secondary, 10 touchdowns allowed against just two picks over the last four weeks, $34 million or a long-term contract in the offing for Kirk Cousins as well. Jay Gruden, one of those guys we had Mm -hmm. a lot of speculation about, but from all reports, he will stay right where he is in Washington for now, we look at Jamal Williams. We mentioned the Green Bay running back position. Uh, Aaron Jones is out again. The double-digit touch count, seven straight games for Williams, even though it's not the greatest of match against Detroit. Why? Because uh, Brent Hundley has nobody to throw the ball to, Dan. <laughs> Every one of them declared out, out, out. And, you know, in in this act of desperation, perhaps we can find, you know, Max McGee running around on the front Yeah,
1: he'll rely heavily on Ed West today as his tight end. Nicely done. The toolbox.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, you still have Geronimo Allison. He'll see more targets. This is if we're getting really desperate along the way. Yeah, Randall Cobb still expected to play uh, as the last (laughs) man. Congratulations to Devontae Adams, though, on on the big contract contract extension.
1: extension. You know you're in trouble when in week 17 you have to hit next on the page for available players, but that's what you may get with Geronimo Allison.
3: Going, going a little bit deep as we go through there. Uh, T.Y. Hilton against Houston needs 48 yards for a 1,000, so let's chuck it up to him early and often. Again, Houston, we've chronicled their their problems in the secondary for the last few weeks here on the show, uh, which means Jacoby Brissett. if you want to roll one up for a daily fantasy league As well, you can. Joe Flacco against Cincinnati. He's got multiple touchdowns, four straight games. Bengals, 12th most fantasy points allowed over the last four. Mike Wallace will be available for this game as well. And we we like Ben Watson, so we'll get a tight end in. How about another tight end? An oldie but a goodie. Antonio Gates, big game last week. So we look at him against the Oakland Raiders. Raiders giving up 7.5 receptions, 93 receiving yards to opposing tight ends over the last four weeks. No Hunter Henry bigger role for Gates once again this week. I know Melvin Gordon's going to try to gut it out on that ankle, but you're still going to see a bunch of Brandon Oliver. Remember him? All those years ago? yes, yes. Last significant action in 2015. Uh, But he's going to see more time today. Uh, Tyrod Taylor going up against Miami. Uh, Five of their last seven opponents have finished in the top ten in terms of fantasy scoring. So let's take a roll there. And then if we're feeling really cheeky uh, we mentioned the Steelers sitting folks down. So, Stephen Ridley, fresh out of mothballs. There, there
1: you know, we go. You, you know he's fresh and ready to roll, Dan. Stephen Ridley may not even have a team name next to him in the player database it for says, whatever site you're on. Fuamatu Mawafala. <laughs> I figured it would just say F.A. and then move on from there. <laughs> the ho- Those are the hot plays for Week 17 in the National Football League. What about the cold sores guys you want to stay away with stay away from don't want to touch don't want to see our our final cold sores for 2017
3: all right because i don't expect him to play much leonard fournette can sit down they need him literally in mothballs or in ice packs (laughs) or whatever to be ready for the playoff run lamar miller going up against indianapolis looks good on paper too much alfred blue for my liking of late. Uh, A.J. Green going up against Baltimore. Spending a lot of time on that matchup. Why? Because it's one of the last ones. Harbaugh complained, so we should at least talk about him a little bit more. Uh, 81 yards last week was his best effort since November 12th. Scoreless four of his last five. No thanks. Take his quarterback with him. Two touchdowns in the last three weeks. And looking at Baltimore giving up just 14 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Derek Carr against the Chargers. Only Multiple touchdowns, three of his last 12. And you're looking at a team that's given up just six touchdowns to wide receivers since week three. Mm. So for Crabtree and for Amari Cooper, Crabtree banged up a little bit the hamstring injury. But you're looking at two guys that are at best third wide receivers this week against those tough cornerbacks. Case Keenum against the Bears. Chicago's allowed multiple touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks just four times this season. Hang a star on it. For those Chicago Bears, they're playing for pride. Dang it!
1: In that in that Raiders Chargers game, are you also benching James Jet and Mervin Fernandez? Are you Ooh, benching a them as well?
3: Fernandez reference. <laughs> that I is that you. is I'm nice. I'm six. I'm four. Wait, 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 wait. James and <laughs> Mervin <laughs> Fernandez. Nicely done. Oh, nicely done. If we, why, can get, not? Why, why don't we go back to that dolphins game and get Larry Zunka in <laughs> while we're at it. Uh, Delaney Walker also against Jacksonville, fifth best against opposing tight ends. And even if they do some operation shutdown work, uh, I'm not trusting Marcus Mariota. I, I just can't. He's been too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I think on a large scale, He's been kind of overlooked because of the terrible seasons had by Derek Carr and some of the other big names. So I think he's gotten a little bit under the radar. But for all the efforts that went into building that offense around him, it really did not pan out in so many ways. DeMarco Murray out, so Derek Henry gets his spot in the, the sunshine, but certainly not the best except for a
1: volume play. We'll get your final mystery man clue here in a second, but I just want to say this. Tom Brady today with 113 yards will surpass 4,500 on the season, and there is a decent chance that he will be the only 4,500-yard passer in the NFL this year, which is crazy to think of the years of we would have a Drew Brees get 5,000 or, uh, gosh, I'm just – trying to the, the 5000 well, number at the last Manning, year, yeah right? I, mean, I mean yes
3: matt, matt stafford and all those guys creeping up near 4800 4900
1: the last couple last of years. last year Breeze had 5200 matt ryan at 4900 kirk cousins 4900 brady would be the only one over 4500 this season with a, a buck 13 today against the new york jets let's get to the final mystery man clue of week 17 the first one was his Pro day was hand timed at a four point one in the forty yard dash. The second one was a thousand yard receiver at college. College
3: thousand yard receiver and a thousand yard return. Man okay, a senior. and return
1: yards. And, and then, then the final clue. Final
3: clue. Last week had more receiving yards than he'd had all year.
1: All right, there is your mystery man for week seventeen. We will reveal it in five minutes. He's Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We love to hear from you. You can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox, and you can get Mike at Swollen Dome, forever odd as Brandon Cooks, Juju Smith-Schuster, or one of your hot plays, Marquise Goodwin, in a standard league. Um. He needs just one.
3: Needs just one. I think I am going to look to Brandon Cooks because there are no days off in the world of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, who joined Andy Furman and Aaron Torres earlier this week on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. You can find the podcast up on foxsportsradio.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, give it five stars and show the love. He had a few laughs uh, and opened up a little bit after – Looking like he was going to swat questions away, Dan. Had a bit of fun with the interview.
1: Well, there are very few radio interviews outside of Boston that Bill Belichick does, so you see the respect that he has for Andy and Aaron to come on our network. Great way for uh, for us to wrap up 2017. It is Fox Football Fantasy. He is Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Byard. We know the Philadelphia Eagles lost their starting quarterback this season, but they could be losing another important piece in the near future. We'll tell you about that next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox football fantasy here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer getting a set for week 17 of the National Football League. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson saying today that, or saying this week, that he expects to play his starters today but for how long we don't know the Cowboys we do know will be without Tyron Smith he was shut down for the season Cole Beasley also out for Dallas today as they play at one o'clock eastern time in Philadelphia but with all the coaching news that's going around in the National Football League Jim Schwartz's name the defensive coordinator for the Eagles has been brought up as a possible candidate specifically in that division for the New York Giants job as he would he could Replace Ben McAdoo, Steve Spagnuolo right now, the interim head coach. But there have been a few names more of for the Giants replacements with Dave Gettleman now as the GM. More of guys with previous head coaching experience or veteran coaches, it seems, can be attached to that job, but Jim Schwartz's name, who by the way, earlier this season remember there was a question about is there going to be a mutiny with Jim Schwartz taking over the Eagles from Doug Peterson because people wondered how much control Doug Peterson actually had. Was Jim Schwartz the one running the team? Well now it seems that maybe Jim Schwartz could have a chance to run his own team again in the New York Giants.
3: It's really interesting as as this flows through that Schwartz's name comes back up, right? He his overall record 29-51, Lions head coach 2009-2013. to 2013. You start rebuilding out of that, and certainly you you get the proper recommendations. And I think this time around, it's not necessarily retreads, because when you think of Schwartz, you, you think maybe he didn't quite have the best hand dealt to him. Some good offensive pieces, right, because that's when Stafford comes into the league. You've got Calvin Johnson. But beyond that, Mm -hmm. A lot of gaping holes in terms of the personnel of those squads. So, in theory, you you go through a Giants team that on paper, and we are just looking at our preseason predictions, and I think for a lot of media outlets you go and and you look, a lot of high expectations for the Giants, and they started dropping like flies. The offensive line was never able to put five guys together uh, to form a cohesive unit in front of Eli. Eli wasn't particularly good, so you certainly don't – don't dismiss that because you hear a lot of folks, oh, Eli's still got his zip, but I am like, well, he's throwing the secondary receivers, mm-hmm. but I'm still not seeing the guy that I, I saw no, three, four no. years ago by any stretch, and then that defense was supposed to be a top-ten unit. They've performed like that maybe three or four times. Now, obviously, you haven't had consistency in the run game to where there's any type of balance, and, and by the end of games, a lot of times these guys were tripping over their own tongues, but <laughs> very rarely did they set the tone for a game with yeah. a big play early. So there, there's a lot of talent in theory. So now it's a matter of can you, between Gettleman and Schwartz or whoever the new head coach is, can you harness what was there? Does Odell Beckham Jr. come back? And does he come back as the guy you remember?
1: The only thing the Giants were on the same page with this season is that everybody hated Eli Apple. That's the only thing that does that seem that the, to be the Giants one piece of, uh, could agree on is nobody liked their own cornerback That's summing up the Giants' season. No uh, Evan Ingram today, who is actually a bright spot for the the Giants, and then Sterling Shepard. And I do remember at the start of the season, I said to Mike Harmon, what about a guy like David Njoku of the Cleveland Browns, a rookie tight end with a rookie quarterback? Could he be a security blanket? Could he be a guy to get fantasy points? And Mike Harmon said to me, you know, the really only guy that I think has got – really I I shouldn't say that. I should say what Mike Harmon said was – The rookie that I think could have fantasy value this year is Evan Ingram with the New York Giants. And what do you know, Mike Harmon was right again. Mike Harmon's been right week after week after week. And week 16 was no different as we give you Harmon's greatest hits.
3: We got the Steelers playing against Houston on Christmas Day which means big plays over the top, at least in theory. When we look at Juju Smith-Schuster, we look at Martavis Bryant. We're getting both of them in our lineups. 49 pass plays of at least 20 yards allowed by that Houston mm. secondary. Then
1: gets a snap, throws it. Oh, wide open touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster was all by himself, alone in the desert. And the Steelers tack on to this big lead. Bortles going
3: up against the 49er team top 10 most fantasy points allowed over the last four weeks I and mean, he's got four straight top 10 performances as a fantasy qb
0: portals drops, fires toward the end zone that is caught for the touchdown by james o'shaughnessy an 11-yard touchdown pass and another touchdown for jacksonville
3: can you say heidi game oh <laughs> deon lewis no burkhead not there to steal those touches. James White also inactive, so double digit touches in nine straight game, sixty plus rushing yards, four of his last five. Second and goal to go from the five. Lewis in the back backfield takes the hand up the end, runs it up the middle, turning the legs, driving forward into the end zone. He's got his second touchdown of the day.
0: One receiving, this one rushing.
1: Those were Mike Harmon's greatest hits for Week 16. Another good week for Michael Harmon.
3: We did all right. We we've had a pretty good year. Week seventeen, more of the dice rolling and dart throwing. So we'll uh, we'll have rankings updated and up on SwollenDome.com and on the Twitter site at SwollenDome here after the show. And any tweets you you have that in lineup questions or looking at dynasty and advance uh, scouting for 2018, we're all over it. Uh, I do like the sound of my own voice when I'm right, Dan
1: <laughs> so- Harmon. Sounds good. Sounds
3: so much better when, when you hear the touchdown calls afterwards. Because otherwise I sound like a man just rambling through a lot of <laughs> names, numbers, facts, and figures and stumbling over my own yeah. name at times. So uh for 2018, one of the resolutions is to slow the hell down.
1: Well, I I one of my resolutions is to not make dated references. We heard a Heidi reference in That one was of pretty the good. That, that's a little old. This week I sent out a tweet and for those of you who watched the Brady Bunch growing up or have seen the Brady Bunch, you may have seen the episode where Greg wants to play football, then he injures his ribs, and he becomes team photographer. Well, Greg takes a picture of the cheerleader that his his girlfriend is and misses the play of the game, which was very similar to a Calvin Benjamin sort of play an instant replay. But somehow on the Brady Bunch in the early 1970s, they were able to blow up this picture of this wide receiver getting his two feet in bounds from 50 yards away. And so Mike and Greg are in the bathroom trying to blow up this you know this picture to see if the receiver's foot got in bounds. I put the picture up on Twitter saying like this just in as a joke. Calvin Benjamin's feet were in and I took the clip from the Brady Bunch and people were believing those were actually Calvin Benjamin's feet in bounds no it was from an episode of the Brady Bunch the the fact of the matter that the the feet were from I don't know uh, the the shoes were like 1971 Adidas I think that there were still like four stripes on that shoe those those weren't Calvin Benjamin it was a joke and that's why I photo credit Greg Brady the great thing about the whole episode is if you watch it, there isn't a defender within 50 yards. The only two people in the photo are the cheerleader and the receiver, and then they're able to magnify it. Sorry, went out on a rant. My resolution for 2018, not to make Brady Bunch references no. as much in sports talk radio. It's brilliant. Uh, it was... Come on, who didn't live it? Uh, it was uh, just great. And then Greg got Greg got got back on the team as team photographer. That's what it was for Greg Brady.
3: He was ahead of his time being taken out of the game for injury <laughs> concerns, and Carol was certainly a little, little vexed about it. And I mean, you, you had the yeah. other episode where Joe Namath
1: shows up. Oh on, yes, I mean, there's Bobby lots Brady going on. He, Absolutely, he was in he was in town to play the Rams. Yeah, and yes, Bobby Brady faked being. You know, deathly ill. Cindy wrote the letter, and Joe Namath was able to show up
3: later. Stolen by different strokes. <laughs> yes, That's right. <laughs> when Gary Coleman was laying in his that, bed. That's right. That's hey, right. hey,
1: you know what, Sam? Get some culture. There it is. There it is. See, everything is going over Sam's head, and that tells me I can't make these old references because I need to bring, I need to, I need to, you know, bring the likes of Sam Kinsley with us. So I'm going to try to limit the Brady Bunch references in 2018. We have to reveal our mystery man for week 17 in the National Football League. Michael Harmon, the mystery man, the guy you got to put in your lineup this week is... We are looking at Jakeem
3: Grant of your Miami Dolphins going up against that Buffalo secondary that has struggled so terribly the second half of the season. Looking at an opportunity here. Now, the question is whether it's Jay Cutler for a full four quarters or not. That remains to be seen. David Fails. His former backup in Chicago, now backup in Miami, will see some action as well. But Grant, last week, had himself a big game. Four catches, 107 yards, including a 65-yarder. The touchdown, the two weeks prior, three receptions, 55 yards.
1: Could also see a little Fulton Walker or Sammy Smith this week for the Dolphins nicely, in that game against done. the Buffalo Bills. Kicking off at 425, Bills need a win and a Ravens loss or losses by the Titans and Chargers, plus their victory against the Dolphins to get into the postseason. He is Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. The coach or the GM? Well, that's the decision one NFL team may have to make. We'll tell you which way they go next, but first Isaac Lowencron joins us to give us the latest On, yes, the coaching carousel that could be making many turns in the National Football League.
0: In full swing already, Dan, Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen reporting late Saturday night that the Raiders are preparing to pursue John Gruden for their head coaching job. Last night in Los Angeles, Scott Baer of NBC Sports Bay Area ran into Raiders owner Mark Davis, asked him about the report, and Baer tweeted that Davis played coy, said the focus is on winning today's game against the Chargers. When asked about Del Rio's job status, meaning their current head coach, Jack Del Rio, of course. Davis wouldn't touch it, was asked again about the Gruden Report, and Davis told Bear, quote, these rumors come about every year, unquote. The Gruden Report, currently the talk of the NFL for many different reasons, including... Boomer Esiason noting on TV this morning to the effect that if Gruden comes back to the Raiders and stands next to owner Mark Davis, they will lead the league in bad haircuts. Oh. Ouch. Oh. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reporting the Cardinals head coach Bruce Arians has not yet made a firm decision about his status for next season. College football last night. number 6 Wisconsin won the Orange Bowl over 10th-ranked Miami, 34-24. While in the NBA last night, Steph Curry returned to the Golden State Warriors lineup after missing 11 games with a sprained right ankle and made a splash immediately. 38 points, 10 three-pointers in just 26 minutes of playing time in their victory over Memphis. Utah rookie Donovan Mitchell dropped 29 in the Jazz's win over Cleveland, spoiling LeBron James' 33rd birthday. And, Dan, finally, I have to wait. Uh, weigh in on this, you cannot cannot put into effect your New Year's resolution because your tweets and references are just
1: too good. Oh, I appreciate that. The Brady
0: Bunch one this week was brilliant, and in fact, you bringing it up a short time ago has caused me to repeatedly evaluate the film on YouTube of the (laughs) incident where Peter broke Marsha Brady's nose with the errant football throw. Marsha, 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 back to you.
1: I will say this, that Peter's best role on the Brady Bunch was when it wasn't even the voice changing or that. I think it was when he was Phil Packer, Greg's boyfriend. Or excuse me, (laughs) Greg's friend. And he had to date um, another girl. Like, they were double dating. And so, yeah, it was Phil Packer was his fake name. And they had to give Peter a mustache, and then he ate it at the pizzeria. (laughs)
3: That, uh, that was the best. I'm sorry. Fake, I'll stop fake, in 2018.
1: I promise I mustaches. will stop. Well, we'll get into the King of Queens more in 2018. <laughs> that's, that'll, get us, that'll get us up to speed. Speaking of the Mark Davis haircut, one of my better tweets, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but one of my more popular, that's how I'll put it because it was more popular. I don't want to say it was good or bad. I'm not the judge of that. Did relate to a few years back Mark Davis's haircut. We'll just leave it at that. It is Fox Football Fantasy. He's Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. If you're the Houston Texans, Michael Harmon, to heck with the game against the Colts today where we assume Chuck Pagano is going to be gone after the season, as reports say it's going to happen. There's reports that the Texans could be making a decision between Rick Smith, their general manager, and Bill O'Brien, their head coach. Now, there is a report from Adam Schefter saying that O'Brien could be sticking around. But there are also other talks in Houston that if Bill O'Brien were to leave, Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle saying that the Giants would consider O'Brien the number one candidate. If you're the Houston Texans, who do you stick with if the working relationship between Rick Smith and Bill O'Brien is no longer salvageable?
3: I look at it, if I've got a guy that's doing a good job in terms of my personnel decision-making, he's worth more than the head coach, I think. So while I like Bill O'Brien, and Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. is obviously publicly campaigned for his retention already, and, and we've seen that players... The, over the last week or so backing him. I still have to go with the the guy that's picking said players because if you can get consistency and continuity there, obviously you want that I hate to use the word synergy, but if you can get that relationship, yeah. that synergistic thing going between your head coach and your front office, like you've had in in New England, really the only place, and and Pittsburgh and 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 Baltimore, I guess would be the same, although Ozzy knew some People have raised their hand more than a few times over the last couple sure. of years with some of some of the decisions. But you know, in Aussie, we trust for the longest of time was was the decision that if I've got a guy that is consistently bringing top end personnel and, and into the the building, I can't replace that necessarily as easy. Look how many organizations just keep spinning the wheel. I'm not not just looking at Cleveland. Look at how so no, many other places where you know you're you're shuffling shuffling up and dealing so frequently because you're drafting terribly.
1: When you look at the pieces that they have, you say, yeah, Rick Smith has done a really good job. The one issue that you have is when Bill O'Brien got his way on the quarterbacks that he wanted for so long when Rick Smith finally got a chance to drive that car it was with Brock Osweiler for $18 million a year, you know? And and so, so when you get the chance to, to, to make that decision, you're kind of like, okay, but now you've drafted Deshaun Watson and he is there. And, and I do think that if a change is made, it would go the route that you are talking about where Rick Smith would stay and that Bill O'Brien would then move on, especially because even though Deshaun Watson apparently likes Bill O'Brien and wants him along or wants him there, They've worked together for a season, and really, it was what three, four games before Deshaun Watson was, you know, ended up being lost for the season, or not even a not even a half a season sample that you've got with the uh, the Texans head coach.
3: Yeah, I wonder if if some of the driving force to sign Osweiler wasn't a I'm going to flip off John Elway move. Or it was a bravado yeah kind of thing as much as anything. And then if there was a legitimate competition, you know, with with Osweiler and, and Watson that would have developed, and obviously they cut bait on that before that ever happened, but that you'd like to think that talent wins out, going back to the Russell Wilson mm-hmm. days with Matt Flynn in, in Seattle to where you have a chance to go win it on the field. In this case, you know, Osweiler, we've watched his many weary travels and away sure. you go, that I wonder how much of that was just front office hubris of I'm going to get over on John.
1: Yeah, you know, and if Cleveland's willing to take on his salary for as much as – and you don't want to pay Deshaun Watson the amount plus $18 million a year, even though the rookie quarterback salary isn't huge, you don't want to commit $24, $25 million to two guys at the position when you didn't know what was Deshaun Watson was going to be in the first place. Well, play. yeah, and you yeah. got
3: Cleveland to pay it. Yes. Right, so yeah. everything you did badly, you erased – Yes. I mean you actually yeah. I think you actually win out because you were able to get someone else to take that contract.
1: We went out week in and week out here on Fox Football Fantasy. When we go to the great state of Alabama, the one and the only BA joins us is I think he's looking ahead for not uh, towards twenty eighteen. Good morning, BA. Good to join good to have you join us again on this final day of twenty seventeen. <laughs> Have a blessed and happy new
4: year, my brothers. What's up, happy buddy? Year, how how year, are you? Happy new year. Hey, look. I mean, I didn't even I- intend on this, but y'all talking about the Brady Bunch. I've got to. I've got to do this. The, the the episode that's the best episode is when they go to Hawaii <laughs> and they get the cursed little token, but it ain't the little the curse and everything. It's it's Jan and I know I'm, I'm an old creep. Jan and Marsha in the bikinis. It's, oh it's come nine, on! Nine, yeah, nine, eight, nine. Here I no. thought you were gonna
3: celebrate Vincent Price and all that. No.
4: Mr. Price Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And uh, yeah, I've been watching the Twilight Zone marathon all day. That's what you can do on New go. Year's. Well,
3: I mean, you're just getting ready for tomorrow night, making sure your voice is in fine form. I'm sure.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, look, man. Um, I won my. Uh, I won my consolation. uh right. Game. Last yeah. Yeah. We 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 call it the sphincter bowl around here. Oh, there you right, go. All right. <laughs> Happy Sunday morning. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <Huh? Hey. laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, look, uh, this is, uh, does have to do with next year, and just, you know, I'm in a keeper league, and you keep eight, and I've got six that are solid. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to throw these four at you, and you tell me or rank, uh, these four, as who to keep and who to not keep. Okay. Mar- Marvin Jones Jr., uh, Richard Matthews, Robert Woods, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Give me, uh, you know, Two to keep and two to not keep. And, also, yeah, uh, Anthony Hopkins, hello, Clarice, is 80 years old today, and this is going to make you feel old. Val Kilmer, Iceman, 58. Wow. All right, y'all have a blessed and happy new year. Roll Tide, America. Happy 2018, 2018 B.A. There you go.
3: I thought he was going to go into an analysis of the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> he just skipped on me. Uh, Marvin Jones is going to be my, my number one on that list. Right. Uh, Richard Matthews, you can cut bait on uh, Robert Woods. Interesting in that number two slot. Or do you believe Teddy Bridgewater is back to full form? At, but I'm thinking in redraft leagues as they will be eight deep uh, in terms of keepers. Uh, I'll go back and I'll redraft Teddy Bridgewater if I want to give me sure. Robert Woods, who's still going to be a number two or number three wide receiver at worst. For your Los Angeles Rams.
1: He's Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We've been talking a lot about coaches and the changes. Jim Caldwell reportedly on his way out in Detroit. Went to the playoffs. Two out of the four years he was there. The losing record, the the year he had a losing record, they went 7-9, and nine, but still not good enough in Detroit to keep your job. Looks like Jim Caldwell could be out of work after today in their matchup against the Green Bay Packers.
3: Decide to get rid of him because he wouldn't give up what his favorite movie was. I mean... <laughs> <laughs>
1: The, the, what else is he supposed to do? Hey, beggars can't be choosers, Lions. That, that's all that I'm saying. Get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. And while Jim Caldwell may not have had success in the playoffs, there are some quarterbacks in the NFL who have had great success. We talk about it next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Football Fantasy here on Fox Sports Radio wrapping up 2017. Week 17, 16 games in a span of about six and a half hours. We'll have the playoff field set by about, I don't know, 7.30 Eastern time tonight. He is Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. Glad to have you with us. So we are to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can reach me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. And Mike, if they have any issues, maybe even like BA did, keeper questions for 2018, they can find you where? Find me over at Swollen Dome. We'll have the updated rankings with your dart
3: throws at SwollenDome.com here a little bit Later, probably in about forty minutes from now, but certainly answering tweets and putting up more gems like we did uh we did the Sabruder film of the Greg Brady shot yeah. during the last <laughs> break at Swollen Dome. You could see the full shot that Greg Brady got in terms of that fantastic yeah, episode.
1: Severely overthrown by the quarterback, but yet Greg Brady was able to uh snap the photo of the receiver getting his feet in bounds from a good fifty yards away. We hope to uh be more on target as we Play the yeah! field for the final Let's time go. in 2017. Top nine answers on the board for Michael Harmon, Rob Dosmati, our executive producer, technical producer, Sam Kinsley, and our anchor Isaac Cron making up the Fox family. Top nine answers on the board. Active quarterbacks with the most playoff victories. Yes, active quarterbacks with the most playoff victories. Now, that doesn't mean that even though they may be inactive for games that they would be considered inactive. If they are on a roster, that is all we want in the NFL. Top nine answers on the board, active quarterbacks with the most playoff wins. Mike Harmon, you are first three strikes on the board and a pass available.
3: Well, let's get started with Ben Roethlisberger, who looks like he's going to sit down
1: today. It's got to be. Ben Roethlisberger has a couple of Super Bowl rings. Show me. Let's ring it in with Big Ben. There we hey. go, ringing in the new year with Big Ben Roethlisberger, number two on the list with 13 playoff victories. Let's go over to our executive producer, Robert Dozmati, active quarterbacks with playoff victories. Top uh, nine. Let's go with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. Sure, Rodgers has been clutching the playoffs. Show me number 12. <laughs> Yay, hey, it Aaron Rodgers, fourth on the list with nine playoff victories. Go. Let's go to Sam Kinsley, our technical producer. Let me try the little breezy down in the Big Easy, Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees, Super oh, Bowl victory you. under his belt for sure. Another <laughs> NFC Championship game appearance. Show me Drew Brees. There it is. Number seven with six Playoff victories. Remember when he lost to the Bears? Yes. And Rex Grossman? Yes. The Bears. Bears. Yes, I do. Isaac Loencron is up. Three for three so far. Active quarterbacks with the most playoff victories.
0: In honor of what we talked about earlier this hour, I'll bet Brady has a bunch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he sure does. Show me Tom Brady. 25 playoff victories for the Patriots quarterback. No strikes. Pass still available back to Michael Harmon. Fox Football
3: Fantasy, a reminder, brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. He may not be elite, but he's yours, he's mine. It's Joe Flacco.
1: Show me no ordinary Joe. There he is. Ten playoff victories for Joe Flacco. Let's go to Rob Dosmati. I got to go with my guy Eli Manning. Oh, two Super Bowls. Come on, that's got to be. There you go. Show me Eli. Yeah. There he is, man. So far, you guys are six for six in the active quarterbacks with the most playoff wins. Pass available. Let's go to Sam Kinsley. I might right Be I might be right on the cusp here. I'm going to say Philip Rivers. Oh, Whoa. did you Whoa. bolt up or bolt down? You got Rivers with four. Let's go to Isaac Lohenkron. Uh, Pass is available. Cam Newton. Cam Ooh. Newton leading the Panthers to a Super Bowl. Show me Cam. Ah. Cam oh. did not make it. Over to Mike Harmon. One strike. Your guy, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, of course. Couple of Super Bowls. Show me your Russell Wilson. Hey! There it is. All right. One name left. Russell Wilson with eight playoff victories. Rob Dosmati, it is up to you. Uh Matt Ryan, Matt come Ryan, on, and the come Atlanta on, come on, come on. Show me Matt Ryan. Oh. Two strikes, it's all on the shoulders of Sam Kinsley. <laughs> and he took the pass. victory. <laughs> you know what that means? We win. Automatic win. Yeah. Mark Sanchez with Whoa. Whoa. <laughs>
2: If you dare.
4: Ch- Chumba.
2: Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full prohibited by law. 18 plus. Trends and conditions apply. See website for details.